Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott. I'm a confidence coach and instigator of joy. I believe that we are all so much more powerful than we can possibly understand. My goal with these conversations is to introduce you to brave, vulnerable people who are finding and owning their awesome. My guests are leaning into what makes them unique and sharing that uniqueness with the world. I hope these conversations inspire you to break free from whatever is holding you back and to step into your own greatness. Welcome to the Find Your Awesome podcast. My guest today is Erica Ballard, healthy living expert and coach. And Erica and I met a few months ago, back in February, at an amazingly inspiring mastermind. And I think we bonded. I think our first conversation was like, about not really liking television or something along those lines. Since then, I've come to know this amazing woman. She's completely inspiring and just super knowledgeable. And I am so excited for you all to meet her. So welcome, Erica. Thank you. That was such a kind introduction. And we did talk about not watching television. (laughs) Such a random, it's like, how I need friends. (laughs) Um, So side note, we'll just start out with a tangent. One of my best friends from childhood, we met because she was pouring buckets of water over herself at the pool and she came over and poured a bucket over my head and then said, do you want to be my friend? Apparently I said yes. (laughs) Um, So just to follow up that really um, awkward friend story. um, So when I was in high school, I moved, when I was in 10th grade, I moved to uh, Indianapolis from Germany. I was a military brat. And so the first day of school, I walked around because we had like weird lunch schedules, you know? And so I just started walking around because I, I didn't know anyone. I didn't know what to do. And I hit this group of friends. My friend is not, her name's Katie. The third time I hit, she goes, are you lost? And without skipping a beat, I turned her and I go, no, I just don't have any friends. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, do you want to sit with us? And I was like, yeah, that would be great. And that, that was at 15. And she's still my good friend. <laughs> like, That's amazing. Talk about confidence to say that. I guess. I don't even know what came over me. I was just like, yeah, I don't have friends. Yeah, I'll sit with you. And let's do the math. 17 years later, she is still my friend. Sorry. <laughs> um, this is one of the things I love about you is – Despite not, I know you spent some time in Massachusetts, but you are not a mass hole. And yet you have this same gift of telling it like it is. Yeah, I don't know where that came from, but it has really been helpful in life because I think it catches people off guard when you actually tell them the truth or your truth. So what's your, what's a famous like Erica truth bomb? Mm. What I said this morning was, um, what did I say? Oh, yeah. What I said this morning is, what's your bullshit story around food? Because you have one. So when people talk about, hey, because I'm a healthy living expert and coach. So when people talk about, I can't make time for that, or I don't have time for that. I'm like, that's a lie. You can't, you're not prioritizing it. And I want to know why. Oh, well, it's X, Y, Z. You know, it's, it's, well, I have to get to my job by eight. And because of that, I don't have time. I'm like, 
keep going because you could get up at six. You could get up at five. Why go to bed late? Well, why do you go to bed late? And it, it's this thing where people don't want to like dive into like what their actual story is. But I'm like, we all have some stupid story around food. Probably most of us do. And just like owning it makes life easier. So that's one big one. I think the other one just in the food piece is like, your life is a ref- like your food is a reflection of your life. How you treat food is a reflection of how you live your life. And so when people say, um, like people are like, no, it's not, or I can't do this, or I can't eat well, I'm like, yeah, I know because I see how you live your life. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so let's. But the beautiful thing, right, is like like anything, food is like any block that we have. We can actually cultivate. Um, that sense of freedom slash control, depending on, on if I'm talking to a masculine or feminine energy person at the beginning that we seek. Mm, I love that. So I just did an episode with Liza Watonas talking about wealth. And one of the things she said is, what if money were your best friend? How would you treat it if you treated money like your best friend? So it sounds like you're saying, what if food were your best friend? I think, I think I am. Yeah, I think that's like, and Liza, so I love Liza. I also know Liza in case people were, <laughs> were confused as to why I love her. And I think that money and food blocks are so similar. I really do. I think we have blocks. I think our stories are always the same and they manifest differently. But I think where people run into some of their biggest issues actually are money and food. And it's because we almost look at ourselves externally instead of like going within to actually understand what the issues are. Mm, keep going with that. So when people go to, to um, fix, you can't see it, quote unquote, fix themselves with food, they always go external. They always look for, um, they often always look for a meal plan first or a diet plan or um, someone to tell them what's what instead of getting really quiet and understanding like what's standing in their way. Um, and I think it's the same with money, right? Like when we are making more money and then continue to spend it, Instead, uh, we go look for someone to help us with the budget. We try to get like a, an Excel spreadsheet. We try to do these things. But if that story is occurring, then it's something deep within us that is stopping us from moving forward. And for me, I tell people that on the other side of pain is joy, but people don't want the pain. But that's how you get to joy. Like you can't go around the brumble bush. You got to go through it. Mm-hmm. So, you know. <laughs> and... In order to really, truly feel the joy, you have to feel the pain. I think that's such an important point. And we're supposed to feel all of those emotions. Yeah. The mistake that people make, and I know you've heard this a thousand times, is people think that happy people are happy all the time. No. Happy people know how to fucking manage the feelings when they don't feel happy. I don't know if I can cuss in your podcast. But yes, you can. Please do. It's encouraged. Okay. I was like, I don't feel like you'd invite me on if you could. Because <laughs> I'm not very good at not doing uh, No. Cussing, please. Cuss freely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, that's what I think. I, I adore you and your thoughts around food. Okay. So let's talk about what are the typical stories that people, your clients typically come to you with around mm. food? So it's, so at the root of all of it, that's a really good question. So at the root of all of it, I think it's a worthiness, worthiness issue, nine times out of 10. 
right? So they don't think that they're worthy enough to receive the changes that they seek. Now, that might be the root cause, but it manifests differently. So like my story, right, is I'm not the expert. So because of that, I'm always looking to other people to be the expert. That's why I do the work that I do and why I know all the things I just said so well is <laughs> because that's, that's, we're coaches on things that we need to be, to be addressing. Yeah. So my manifest is that, but I have folks who um, often it's relationships with parents, right? So I was told I was fat. So now I am a, I'm a fat person. Even when I'm losing all the weight, I am still a fat person, which is why so many people actually gain the weight back because they can't see themselves truly. They haven't dealt with the, the mindset stuff. Um, other interesting things that come up are people being afraid of change. So when you change the external, the internal has to shift because people treat you differently. And then if you change the external, then you have to deal with this. And people don't want to do that. Um, and then it's often like adversarial to their parents. So my mom was obsessed about food, so I don't give a shit about food. Or my parents never talked about food, um, but we're obsessed with losing weight. So I'm, I want to go the other direction. I want to be free or you know, they were so free about it. They were overweight. Now I want to obsess about it. So those tend to be the way that the, the I'm worthy or I'm not worthy story manifests for a lot of my clients. Do people have to get to a certain point, uh, like a breaking point before they come to you, before they're willing to do the work? Yeah. I'm only laughing because people tend to come to me after they've tried multiple things. I am not often someone's first step on the destination. They've either worked with different coaches or they have uh, done meal plans or workout plans or, or, or diet fads. So I forgot where I was going with that. Quite, what was the question again? If you're, so, okay, so let me back up and I'll give my personal experience. When I had... I think it was when I was having serious asthma issues and my primary care doctor had eventually, they'd given me all the big gun steroids and then told me that there was nothing else for me to take. I was just screwed. And that's when I started looking to diet to help. Well, I wasn't intending to cure my asthma, but I did. Mm -hmm. Acupuncture and changing my diet and I no longer take an inhaler. Mm -hmm or any prescription medications. So I got to that. I got to the fuck this point. Yeah, the breaking point. That yeah. was the question. Yeah, okay. So most people have to get to that breaking point, unfortunately. Like we were talking before this started, is I'm getting really excited that I'm waiting for the feather instead of the Mack truck, because that's actually the best way to deal with things. Like you don't want to break your leg. You don't want to be on uh, the highest dose steroid of the of, for your inhaler, right? But we all wait for that and we all have this breaking point where we're like, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. And so that's what I was saying with like why I'm, you often people's last stop on the journey is because they've tried so many other things and they just can't take it anymore. And that is what a lot of the work that I do is really focused on the mindset stuff, is really focused in on the stories because people don't agree with me with this, but like food is actually fucking easy. I mean, really? like. Eat a high fat breakfast in the morning if you're looking to lose weight, right? Like eat a bunch of vegetables and protein. That's it. Like 
there's the formula on, on how to do it. But yet we can't seem to be able to do that. And if we can't follow rules, rule, quote unquote rules, then there has to be something else to it. Mm. Um, and sometimes, you know, it's not always that simple, right? There could be gut issues. There could be low stomach acid. There could be asthma. There could be all these things. But at the end of the day, right, we get to that breaking point because for some reason we couldn't deal with the story. Like we wouldn't have low stomach acid. We wouldn't have gut issues. We wouldn't have that if we were able to eat healthy oftentimes in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, what we eat, I mean, when we were a kid, maybe we weren't totally in charge of what we were eating, but what we ate growing up, that's part of our story that, that stays with us. Yeah. And I know that that's not as fair, right? Like you're right. You don't, you aren't in charge a lot of the food that you ate when you were younger, but I will say that there's a bigger bounce back, right? When you're in your early twenties, when you are on your own, when you are 18, I mean, and if you don't believe me, think about your hangover at 22 versus 32, right? Like the bounce back is a lot different because that, because your body is still forming. Your brain isn't even all the way done at 22. So there is a little bit more leeway if we're willing to take it. Yeah, I, I kind of got like a drive-by headache just thinking about that, actually. So thanks for that visual. I'm um, going to New this weekend. So, I mean, yes, sure, I work in health. But like part of health is having fun. Just put it in out there. That actually gets me to my next question, which is what does health mean to you? Ooh, that's a really good question. And I should have a more succinct answer because you think that I would, but for me, health is loving your life because we often talk about food as the primary way to get healthy or one of the primary ways to get healthy. It's true, but so many other factors contribute to your health. So if you're not and happiness and community are among the top, like I was reading a study, uh, a recent study, it's not a recent study, but a, a fact recently where community can actually counteract 15 cigarettes a day with regards to longevity. That's how important community and being around people and enjoying yourself is. So for me, I think health is really living a life that you want and being able to make the choices that you want to make without any regrets. Uh, yes. And I want to dig into that community piece more too, because loneliness is like the leading cause of addiction. Loneliness, what does that lead to? Not feeling like you belong. So that leads to a feeling of unworthiness, wanting to fit in. So is the answer to everything community? I think it's a big part. I think who you're around matters a lot. You know, start like for instance, I'm you know starting a business, right? Like if you're surrounded by people who don't think you're going to succeed, then you also don't think you're going to succeed. For health, it's the same thing. If your partner, if your family, if your community is just like, why bother? Then why bother? Because it's it's hard. We're hardwired to be negative. And I don't mean that in like a, like, woe is me, we can't like over, like literally we are wired to stay alive. So 
our default is to be lazy and conserve energy. Our default is to think the negative is happening. Our, like, and these defaults aren't bad because they kept us alive from bears. Yeah. But now we live in the modern world and our body hasn't quite figured some of that out. And, and it takes time to rewire it. So who you're around and the thoughts that you think, that is actually, I believe, one of the big indicators of your health. Like people can think themselves thin just like people can think themselves fat. Mm. So what kind of people do you like to surround yourself with? Extremely positive people <laughs> like you, like, because I already have a negative loophole going on and I have to remember to pull myself out of it. And, and it's not like I want to be with like someone who's like constantly optimistic. I just want someone who lives in a positive frame of mind, but who is like, who is honest enough to call me on my shit because that's the perfect balance. And that's why I got into coaching is like, for me, I just need you to be direct. I need you to say things that move me forward, not things that make me feel okay where I'm at. Yes. And, but, and I think you know, that, like you believe this too, is like you can still love where you are and want to be better. Yes. And that's, the, that's, I guess that's my definition of growth is loving where you are and being curious and excited and willing to do the work to find out what's next, to go around the next corner. And that's why I say health is a reflection of your life, right? Because that's getting healthy. Yeah. People think that, oh, I'm going to lose the weight or I'm going to um, look a certain, like I'm going to have the muscles, I'm going to do whatever it is, and then I'll be healthy. Oh, no, 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 no. You have to love yourself and love the process so that when you get there, you can look back and still love your life and then love where you're going. Yes. And health isn't all about weight or muscles, right? As an athlete, I hear a lot of people that are like, oh, you must be so healthy. And I'm like, what do you know about how healthy I am? I, I, I mean, I eat a lot of sports nutrition. I try and balance that out with real food. But that's been a journey and that's something that I know a lot of athletes struggle with. So I don't want to ask what your advice is because I don't like advice. I want to know, what do you say to athletes who are putting their body through a, a bunch of stuff, a lot of stress, because our bodies respond to all stress similarly? How do you dig into real, true health? That's a really good question. And I, I think it's tapping into how you feel and what you need and really starting to listen because you're right. It's not all about weight loss. It's not all about, um, muscles. In fact, most of my clients, if you were to see them, you wouldn't think that they're overweight. They don't, they don't look that way, but they don't, they carry an extra 10 pounds, maybe an extra 15 and they're bloated and they don't like it. And they work really long jobs and they work really hard. And so when talking or thinking about athletes or people who are looking to excel in any way, it's really starting to see what fuels you and moves you forward. And it goes anywhere from food to the self-care because that the self food is in the self-care, but we often drop the self-care. So how do you actually tap back in to what you need, whether it's setting boundaries, whether, whether it's eating kale, whether it's meditating, whether it's sleeping that extra, like for an athlete, right? Sleeping the nine to 10 hours versus the seven to eight hours. What is it you need and what are you willing to do to get it? 
I feel like this mic drop. I, I don't know what to say other than, um, and I think you and I talked about this after we talked about our dislike for television, um, that sleep is actually a performance enhancer. There was a study that showed that getting nine to 10 hours of sleep versus seven to eight or less was actually boosted your performance just as much as steroids did. So here's my fun fact about sleep. When a sniper sleeps for eight hours, he hits his target 90% of the time. When the sniper sleeps for six hours, he hits it 50% of the time. When he sleeps for less than six hours, he hits it 30% of the time. Wow. Don't tell me that you <laughs> have a better aim than a Navy SEAL sniper, okay? Like, <laughs> that is, it's everything. Like, if people just slept, they all, it's not true what I was going to say. If people all slept, <laughs> most of their sleep, like, most of their health issues would be resolved. So mm. many of your health issues would be resolved if you had just slept. Because that's the time you repair. Yes. So we hate repairing. That's why your health is a reflection of who you are. If you can't slow the fuck down, of course you're not sleeping well. Of course you're not repairing your body. But like you, like seven hours of sleep will change your life. I was just say we hate repairing. That's so true. We're so much culturally, we're so much more likely to be like, I want a new one. Guess what, guys? You only get one body this time around, and one mind too. Mm-hmm. But we just want, we want someone else to fix it. We don't want to shut it down. And like, people are like, oh, I can't meditate because I can't shut it down. I'm like, you're not supposed to shut it down. Yes. <laughs> like, that's, you're not supposed to shut it down. You're supposed to hear the things that go on in there so that when you are ready to shut it down, you can actually sleep. Yes. Yeah, you got to you got to hear you're crazy. You got to hear all that chatter. And that's the thing I think is interesting about my clients and a lot of people in health is like, they think that they're particularly crazy. No, we're all that fucking crazy. Like I was insane and I can get back to that place so fast if I let, like, if I let me. Like your story is not weird. It's not quote unquote normal because I don't want you to feel negative, but you're not weird for thinking these asinine thoughts. Like we're all pro what many of us are programmed to do that, whether it is biologically or societally, like, right. Yeah. So, you know, you're not crazy, but you can be sane. And hearing those thoughts, hearing those quote unquote voices, like obviously we're talking about a mentally healthy person here we all have a voice or voices in our heads that are constantly chattering. And I remember, I knew this. And then I remember reading the book Untethered Soul. Mm -hmm. And I read it. I was just at the part. Have you read that book? Mm -mm. Okay. So it's really good. I highly recommend it. You guys, it's by Michael Singer. And he talks about the voice in your head as your roommate. Mm. And as he's describing it, I, I was running a 5k. That voice was super chatty, like nonstop, loud, just talking all the time. And I was like, wow, okay, so note to self, don't read that book when you're trying to race because it's so distracting just being able to hear it all the time. So as, as we're 
learning, as we're growing, as we're becoming more mindful, when you start hearing that voice get more chatty, that's actually good because it's not actually getting chattier. You're just getting more aware. And once to, to accept it, to move forward, to be able to find center and calm, you got to find, you got to hear it first. You got to be aware and then accept it. Yeah, I think that's so true. And, and it just makes me think about something I heard earlier and something I think about a lot is that voice is great because it's trying to tell you something and it really wants to scream out of you. And that's why I love what I do is a lot of your mental capacity when you're trying to get healthy, whether it's like healing your gut, losing weight, whatever it is, so much of your day is focused on food and working out. It's like the moment you wake up, what am I going to eat? Should I eat that? Will that be healthy? Will I get fat? How many calories are in it? Okay, if I eat this, can, can, when can I go to the gym? Is there enough? And it's just this chatter. And I'm like, what would happen if you cleared that space? What other voices would come through? Because under that chatter is the real you. Yeah. And so that's why I, like, I tell a lot of my friends who are coaches, like, I'm the first step. Like I'm the step before you mm -hmm. because I want to clear the space for them to really tap in to whatever it is that voice is actually screaming for. Cause right now the voice is covering it yeah. um, or cause there's multiple voices. Right. But I want that, like that soul voice to come through and clearing the mental capacity by all, like removing a lot of the mental chatter around food and working out and gut and all of that lets it come through. And think about just how much energy you're putting towards that. It, what could you do with that energy? You what could else would be possible? <laughs> like, like I, it's, I remember, I, I distinctly remember sitting at 15th and M. I used to work in DC and I would, it'd be like 10 AM and I'd be sitting there being like, okay, I have, and half an hour between 11.30 and 12. If I end this meeting at that time, can I get there in half an hour? If I don't, who do I need to text? Can I get on the phone call? And then running to Whole Foods with the chatter of like, gotta get back, what are you gonna say? What are you gonna prepare? How are you gonna, and I mean, and then when I would get there and eat the food in the meeting, then I was so concerned about me eating the food in the meeting, and then, it would finish and then I would be like, why do I feel this certain way? And, uh, and then it goes and I'm like, what the hell? Like when you remove that, you get so much more energy back. You get so much more of your life back if you're willing to listen. Yes. I remember when I was healing my gut, um, I think I tackled Candida first. And at first I was like, what it, I, I would get super bloated by the end of the day, like super, super bloated. And I was like, what do I eat? Well, that didn't work out yesterday and that didn't work out yesterday. And I would just end up in this spiral of like, I don't know what to eat. I would start thinking about a meal like three hours ahead of time, just trying to troubleshoot something. And I think that's what's really interesting about what you said too, is like, you're not supposed to only eat 14 foods. Like, <laughs> If you are, and if you are having there, I mean, there's some things you are just allergic to, right? Like that's a thing. But if you can't eat like 15 foods, you're, you, your gut's messed up. Yes. And you got to go deal with that. Don't go take a thousand pills. Just like go here, heal your gut. And people will say, well, it takes so long. It takes like a year. 
if you're 30 and it takes one year and you live to 90, is one year really that long of your life? You guys, it's life changing. Kill your gut. It's like my favorite subject. So let's <laughs> talk about it. So how do we heal our guts? Well, it's hard. So that's what makes it hard, right? It's different for everybody. Yeah, it is. So you, there is no one size fits all. And I think that that's where people get really upset with health is they think like, if I, if I do the keto, if I do the paleo, if I do the low fat, right? These, side note, the low fat won't work. Um, but <laughs> if we do these things. We need fat. We need fat. Um, that will be the solution, but you're, you're so different. So like when you're thinking about your gut, right? Everyone goes straight for a prebiotic, but your gut has to be ready for a prebiotic. If it's not ready for a prebiotic, then you have to starve off the bad bacteria in your gut. So you got to cut your sugar first. Then you get to add the probiotic. But people will just like run because right now probiotics are so hot right now. So like they'll just want to do that. But there's like certain steps you got to take depending on where you're at in order to move it forward. But what I would say is one of the best ways to heal your gut is to eat real food. Yes. It is usually that simple. And your body will reject, right, what it can't take in. And that's when you start to dig in. So if you remove the sugars, if you remove the seed oil, if you remove um, the gluten, you get all of that out. And then you start to add in real food. When something pushes back, that's when you start to do the work and dig in. Do I need the prebiotic? Do I need an herbal supplement? Do I need to cook my vegetables before I eat them? Because sometimes raw food is too much for the body. Sometimes it rips through you. And yeah. that, that internal thing is what gets you there. Um, and I have a friend who's an acupuncturist who may have on this podcast eventually, who told me that actually with my type, I'm better off eating cooked vegetables. Mm -hmm. That was an eye opener. So this, okay. I just want to clear this up. You have to cook. Some vegetables are better cooked. Oh yeah. I don't know where, where this went wrong, where everyone was like, no, it has to be raw. Like you have to cook your mushrooms. They're yeah. You have to cook your mushrooms. <laughs> like, Oh, the idea of raw mushrooms is really icky to me. So, and I love raw mushrooms. And then I was like, oh, no, 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 no. You, you got to cook them because there are, they block certain, um, certain nutrients from getting into your body when you eat them. Tomatoes are, tomatoes are actually better for you cooked. Asparagus is better for you cooked. Here's my, fun, my favorite fact is, when it comes to cooking thing, is blueberries are actually better for you cooked. It releases more antioxidants because like it's fighting to stay alive. So it's releasing more antioxidants, right? Like huh, it's fighting because plants fight for their lives. So that's why when you take lettuce, here's your, here's your fun fact guys, is when you take lettuce home or like ideally from the farmer's market, like you take um, from the farmer's market and you chop it up it actually will release more antioxidants. Um, if you do that, because it thinks that, Oh, I escaped the bear eating me or, Oh, I escaped the goat eating me. I'm going to grow stronger. But mm, you're actually in my fridge. <laughs> so there's these like small hacks that exist out there to, ha to do it more. But yes, some vegetables are better cooked. Some vegetables are better raw. But it really does matter like where your gut is because sometimes you just can't do raw vegetables right away. So what ones are better raw? 
Um, most greens are better raw. Um, most, what else we got? Um, yeah, most, most greens are better raw. I'm trying to now think all the vegetables out there. Mm, not tomatoes, not asparagus. Uh, like like lemons, like you want to keep the lemons raw. Those are good raw. Um, oranges, apples, fruits, things like that. Those are better raw. What about kale? I remember hearing um, that there was somebody who does blood tests, and he found that people who ate a lot of kale actually had tons of metals in their blood. Okay, so I was actually reading up about that recently. So what we forget as humans is that we aren't the food we eat. We are what we eat from the soil up. So if there's toxins in the dirt, in the soil that you are eating, they don't magically just like leave when it goes up into the plant. It'll go into the kale. So a lot, so I have like some of these plants, right, that we eat that are conventional, if they're um, grown in places with heavy metals in them, and there'll be heavy metals in them. Yeah. So with kale, like kale technically, like right, would be better raw. You should massage it though. That's really like, that's where you're winning with kale. But some people can't take it raw. So steam it. Don't saute it to death, but steam or lightly saute it. Do what's, do what's best for your body. If you're eating kale steamed, great. Don't feel like you need to eat it raw. Just keep eating the kale. I think we get so caught up on all these rules of like, yeah. this is how you do things. And it's like, if you're eating greens three times a day, like, you're winning. Like, you're winning. What's your trick is people that don't say, how am I supposed to eat greens three times a day? Like, how do you personally get your greens in? So, in the morning, um, since I work out in the morning, I have oftentimes, um, like a gluten-free, like locally made girl, native bread. It's the best gluten-free bread on the face of the planet. And it's made with like really quality grains. Um, and they're like properly prepared, blah, blah, blah. So wait, so what's it called? And is it available in Florida? It is, you can, so I send bread to people. So oh, I will accept some. Okay, I'll, I'll send you some bread. Thank and you. I'm trying to get Haley to send it around the country. It's so okay. good. Okay, um, so I will do like an avocado toast in the morning and then I will put I, sunflower sprouts are like my favorite. So I'll put sunflower sprouts or microgreens and then I'll add the eggs or because it's, we're having this conversation when it's getting warmer. I put greens in my smoothie because you can't really taste spinach when you put a banana in something. Um, you can't taste anything really when you put a banana in something. So I'll throw my greens in there. And then for lunch, like I like salads. I like um, cooked greens. I like noodles. I'll do that. So I'll add that there. And then same for dinner. I, I tell people, um, and people laugh at me, but I eat whatever I want. It's just that I want something different than most people. Yeah, I hear you on that. Someone yeah. asked me once what I craved after a race. And I was like, kale salad. And they're like, what? I want pizza. Power to you. Well, I think when we think of like pizza and things like that, the, the one thing when it comes to working out, and that's not my expertise, right? Like I know some good ideas for working out for the general population, but what I see and why people come to me um, after trying to work out is you, people view working out as a punishment and then food as a reward. Right. That'll screw you up. <laughs> so you are celebrating your body by working out and then you're going to celebrate it 
and love it by eating a kale salad. Yeah. And we need the food as fuel. We food. can't work out without the food. Food is fuel. It is not like, it's not a reward. It is not that's like, it's meant to be loved and you should enjoy your meals. I'm not saying eat chicken and broccoli every day. Like I, I personally would go crazy on that diet. I literally love food, but it's not, it's still fuel. Yeah. Okay. I want to get back to self-love okay. because self-love. this is where, so we talked about at one point how we are both really similar. We're coming at this world with a mission to empower people to learn to love themselves, really, truly love themselves and see themselves. And you're doing it through food and I'm doing it through mindset, through confidence. How'd you get there? How did your, how did your love for self-love, where'd it come from? Hmm. Where did my love for self-love come from? Well, probably like a lot of people, I did not love myself. So we talked about this before this got started as I had like a big epiphany. Amber, Lily, Shrum, and Karen Kenny at the um, uh, some at, at Amber Summit, um, where I realized I had been trying to fit in a lot longer than I thought I was, and I didn't realize the the role it played in food. So I had always been trying to to fit in, to check boxes, to do those type of things, and. It didn't suck per se. Like, I'm not going to sit there and tell you that, like, I had a rough life. Like, I lived in D.C., I lived in Boston, I have great friends, had a good time, all of that. But I always felt weird, and I always felt like an outcast, even though I was always in it. I was always in it with um, friends. I was, like, no one would think that I wasn't having fun because I would booze or I would eat the burger or eat the thing I didn't want. And I just knew that this wasn't right for my body. Like, and this wasn't right for myself, but I just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And then I would go crazy and then I would get obsessive about it. And at some point, right, the Mack truck hits and you're like, the, the breaking point we talked about earlier. And I'm like, this has to be better. I, I tell people, so I lived on the East Coast for a really long time. And when I came home to Indianapolis, Saying this was, I love Massachusetts. I love mass holes. I love people in DC so much. But I'll tell you what, they're nicer in the Midwest. And when you're a negative asshole, like it becomes real obvious real fast. Like you can hide it a little bit with the neuroses on the East Coast. You can't hide it here in Indianapolis. And so it just became really clear that I was the problem. And when I realized I was the problem, and it was in a negative connotation at this point. When I realized I was the problem, I started to do the work. I started to dig in. I started to read the self-help books. I started to do, um, I started to really assess, like, why am I bouncing from career to career? Like, why can't I stay put? Why do I do the work really well, but all my bosses hate me? Like, that was a very big thing, with the exception of Marjorie Skier. Like, I would excel. And they couldn't fire me. They could, but they didn't fire me because I excelled, but they hated me. <laughs> so, what was going on? And when you go in that world and you start to dive in, like you just, when you are willing to do the work, things come your way. So people enter your lives, books fall off shelves, right? Like blogs ought to somehow find your way to your inbox. 
and I started to realize that maybe my way of thinking that like push, 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 got to do harder, got to do harder, got to do harder is wrong. And I actually ended up at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition because I've always loved food. I've always loved health. And while there, it's actually a course. They'll tell you, it's a course in nutrition. I learned a lot about nutrition. Um, but it's really a big course on how to love yourself. And when I realized setting boundaries, doing meditation, all this stuff was actually at the root cause. Like I had to keep going because the, um, the telltale sign for me is like one day I looked back and I was like 10 pounds slimmer and I wasn't crazy, which are huge victories. Like I tell people I didn't drop weight. I released it. It like, it fell off without any effort. And then I just kept moving in the journey. And then I ended up working with our friend Amber and realizing that I was like on a scale of one to 10, I was probably around 7.5 of myself, maybe eight on good days. But tens where I wanted to be. And if I wanted to do that, I'd had to cry. I had to face reality. I had to face the, the third grade note that we talked about earlier where someone was like, Erica's a loser and dumb and stupid. And like friends who, when I became homecoming court for the second year in a row, told everyone I stuffed the ballot and disowned me. Like I had to like dig into those really painful memories that I just let go of. And it was like, oh. And then the journey continues. Like we're like, so that's how I found self-love. And then I have, and then what I know is I have to continue it. You don't re reach a pinnacle and stop. You have to continue the work if you want to continue to love yourself. I want to say that it just stops, but what it does is it gets easier. Like yeah. it doesn't hurt as bad. You get the feather instead of the Mack truck. You don't have to change with two days of crying. Sometimes a tear will do. <laughs> so I don't know if that answered your question, but I feel like it might have. I feel like I don't really remember what the question was, but I love what you just said. Okay. <laughs> um, and the other thing I want to add to it is we don't have to, just like there's no pinnacle, you don't reach like the finish line when it comes to self-love. Also, we don't get to just love ourselves at our current age. We have to go back and love, love the eight-year-old girl who got that nasty note. Yeah, that was the, the thing is like, what's so funny is I sat at 30 something, right? And was like, how are these two eight-year-olds still affecting me? But they are, and they were a critical point of my journey, right? Like, I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm hurt, but I'm not mad. And that's how I know I'm loving myself because I'm like, oh, noted. Deal with it you, this was part, this is a data point in your life. Now move it forward. And that I think is when you can get to that piece is where, you know, you're at least in self-love. Um, and then continuing to surround yourself, like we talked about earlier with positive people who will keep it real. And back to one of the things I wanted to say when we were talking about surround yourself with positive people, I believe that one of the signs of really truly loving somebody and holding space for them is calling them on their bullshit. We need that, right? I need somebody to be like, uh, you're not at your best right now. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to say, Oh shit to that, <laughs> but I'm going to try and make some changes. I want somebody to share that with me. Yeah. I mean, that's why people too hire coaches because your friends aren't always going to, if you're lucky enough, your friends are always that honest. I mean, we, we have some 
pretty honest friends. We do have some pretty amazing honest friends. <laughs> and like Tori called, I tell everyone, I've been telling everyone this because God damn it, Tori. She called me a psycho. She called me a psychopath too, like Mondays ago. To her credit, I was a psycho. Um, but And by the way, for everyone, that's Tori Doobie. Oh, She's a few episodes back. Um, so yeah, but, but then you, that's also the why I still have a coach too, because I need someone to like really call me on my stuff because it's hard to be that honest with people you love. Yeah. But it's also like you said, it's the most important thing and kind thing you can do because they're just in their own head. And sometimes they just like, I need, I call it the universal two by four. I just need to smack to the head and I'll get right. Mm-hmm. And I never get mad at people truly anymore because it's always coming from a place of love. Yeah. Of course, if you're going to give someone what I call it a unicorn bitch slap, do it nicely. Yeah. Because, you know, be nice. You don't have, like, that's the thing is like, I was talking, I was just writing about boundaries earlier today and people get so weird about boundaries, but it's like, you don't have to curse them out when you say no. (laughs) No. You just say, no, I can't right now. Or if you do want to help, but you can't do it right this second, you say, I can't do it right now. I want to be fully present. Can you send it to me later? Yeah, I can. <laughs> so I think that that's, it's just a really important lesson is that we have this fear that saying no or that giving advice or pushing back has to be really cruel. It can come from a place of love and it can be nicely. And in fact, it's so respected when it is. Mm-hmm. It can come from an open-hearted place and be received by an open heart. Cause we're all just trying to be better anyways. Like we don't want to be a jackass. We don't want to be a psychopath. <laughs> like, we really don't. We want to be our best selves, don't we? Yeah. Or at the very least, I know some people might, might not be that into it, but I think everyone who's listening to this podcast wants to be their best selves. Best self. And I would make the argument. Everyone wants to be their best self. They just might not know it. I would agree. And they might be terrified of what that might mean. Because it means doing the work. Ah, I mean, it's really scary to step into your power. Mm-hmm. It's really scary to see yourself. But, and I think you'll agree with me on this, you don't get that vision unless you can accomplish it. Mm. Yeah. And when people realize that, yeah, you got to do the work. Yeah, it won't look pretty. Potentially, it might. But like you get that vision only because you can accomplish it for yourself. Yeah. All right. Let's, I know we got to wrap this up. So where can people learn more about you? Yes. Where can they? They, I play a lot on Instagram. So at Erica Ballard health is a really good place to start. Or you can check my website out. www. That was really funny to say. Um, EricaBallardHealth.com. So check me out there on Instagram. I'm on Facebook, but I'm a lot like I'm hanging out on Instagram quite a bit. All right. Uh, do you want to tell us about your podcast too? That's right. I do that. <laughs> I knew that. I, it's, it's like newer. So <laughs> I am, I do a podcast called the full plate. So come check it out. If you're interested in learning how to fill your plate up with things you love. So I have a lot of health experts on, um, I have like people on with holistic views on 
skincare even and dentistry and all this stuff and a lot of health hacks to actually move you forward. So the full plate, check it out. I will start saying that soon. Kelsey, thank you. Yeah, uh, you're welcome. I've been, I subscribe to it. I'm a big fan. Thanks. It's really like, you know, it's really fun because you just get to be curious. Exactly. That's what we get paid to do, isn't it? Isn't <laughs> yeah. life awesome? Yeah. Anything else you want to add? Anything like big, just love bomb you want to drop for people or anything like that? No pressure. Sorry, that sounded big. Yeah, it sounded big. I think the only thing I would want to say is like, you can do it. You can. You just got to get rid of the excuses. It's mm. so true. Once we, once we clear those excuses out, again, we're making space. And then there's so much more room for possibility. So much more room. You rock, Erica Ballard. Thank you so much for sharing your time, your love, your heart, your wisdom with us. I adore you. Oh, I adore you too. Thanks, Kelsey. Thank you so much for listening to the Find Your Awesome podcast. I'd like to invite you to head over to KelseyAbbott.com to grab a series of short meditations. And please come join the Find Your Awesome group on Facebook. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, please tell the world in whatever way feels good to you. And please leave a review on iTunes. Thank you so much for being part of this crazy adventure. Mm -hmm.